just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. Coach, let's let's launch the rocket of creativity. You just said you're feeling creative today. Maybe I will start by asking you how to describe what that feels like, because I think it's a really nuanced thing. Would you be so kind? I feel alert. I feel sharp. I feel uh, poised. And I don't know how else to describe it other than it's just a feeling. Um, let me think. Yeah, I didn't even have coffee today. Um, oh, I did have coffee. Sorry. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> it was a long time ago, though. Um, but yeah, I just I feel uh, sometimes I don't I don't know why moods happen. But here we are. I feel ready. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to answer that because it's. I think it's a, a function of lag time. You know, like it, I don't know why moods happen. It's often time is because nothing happened today, but something happened yesterday or the day before mm. that. The day before that, and you're there's some sort of something you didn't do that lag time has hit up or down today. You know, and so. I, I don't know what you do with that per se, except that it's helpful to have some somewhere to go with it. Um, so, all right. So then, let let the well, <laughs> let the creative juices uh, flow in the way that they want to flow, uh, because I can't just say, okay, bang, be creative, because that's not how creativity works. However, I would also say caveat that with that you can train that. Do you believe so? You can train your creativity muscle. Definitely train your creativity muscle. I believe that for sure. You can definitely train ways that you can turn it on quicker. Mm. Less, more, more practice, less warm up. Right? Yeah, like a, almost like a getting into state. Like definitely being intentional about how you're showing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can think about that from a sports perspective, right? You'd always. You go play hockey, you're going to warm up. If you if you're very practiced at both well, playing and the warm up piece, you're likely going to still go faster through the warm up. You know, get to that piece quicker. Hmm. What comes to mind? Take it where you may, coach. Yeah, uh, this is what has come up. So I've been running a, a lot lately. Uh, my headphones broke or like my iPhone's not reading the jack anymore. So for the first time in a decade or more, uh, I've been running without music. So that's been very interesting. And um, I think this is more of a feeling at this point because I'm not measuring it. But every time I, I used to run, I used to measure it. And whether I run three miles or four, sometimes I go longer, five, six, it's been a while since I've done that. But every mile I run gets faster. And it's like an interesting phenomenon that I, I've noticed and started to pay attention to. Um, there's something to be said about what you just mentioned with warm up. And then also something about 
you know, it's just kind of like the hockey reference. Like as the game get gets going, the the more that goes against me or the more tired that I get, like I, I tend to bear down is a good sports term, right? Like I, I show up more. I don't know if that's the case for everybody. It, I mean, just by nature, it can't be 100% of the people, but um, it's probably more common for the athlete type than, I don't know, someone who doesn't play sports. But uh, I feel like when the going gets tough, is the saying, the tough get going. Um, but yeah, I my performance seems to improve uh, the more that I go, even when you might think that there might be a law of diminishing return with like, a, a, you know, like running, you would think you'd be more tired on mile five than mile four, but for whatever reason, my time still gets, continues to get better. Where do you think that is? Where does that come from? I definitely have that experience and my run as a non-runner, when I did my 10 miles the other week, I don't know if I shared this with you already, but the... The mile two and three were the hardest miles. Lots of, you need to stop, give up, what are you doing in that space? Then I had milestones to get to. And as I, I suppose as I got close to them, that, that started to run out. And so I, it was, it became easier. Four or five, my intention was to walk for 30 seconds after mile five, but I, Got to five, mile five, I was like, oh, it's all right. Mm-hmm. It got better. I found this rhythm. I went past six, went past seven. And at that point, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself walk for a minute at this point. <laughs> because I don't want to get to mile nine and ten and be walking across the finish line. I want to – so I made myself walk, and I found that, it actually hurt more to walk at that point than it did to run because I got some sort of rhythm going. So I, I definitely think improvements, uh, I get improve as I go through. And uh, same with, um, I do some of those, I do, you know, TMAC Fitness, uh, shout out to Todd McCulloch, um, and those 20-minute workouts often have a warm-up and then they have uh, three or four sets of the same rotation of a couple of different exercises. And... I frequently find them on set three and four, it's easier than set one. Mm. I think it's a function of how warm you are, uh, an actual heat, but also, yeah, just practice of starting to get into the rhythm of it, right? Because they're also in the, in the run, I, there was a couple of moments, I can't remember, I can tell you what miles they were at, but there were definitely a couple of moments where I was like, you need to stop. And then it was just like, oh, this is my opportunity. Uh, no, I'm not stopping. <laughs> and, it, and it was just like it was just almost immediately it was like oh okay anybody just complies mm-hmm. so that was some good lessons for me so that yeah I definitely experience it I think it's a function of a couple of different things but once you once you know that you're in you're in you're in a pattern right there's less arguments from your body because you're in it in flow yeah is it momentum is that the right term to use. Uh, yeah, well, momentum is definitely part of it, right? And you've got maybe we should look up some of the psychology terms from this as well. Oh, what I was watching this this TV show once, and this guy was swimming over this huge body of water between two places, and I don't know what it was like. It was it was a silly show, but it was something like like a long way, like miles. 
Um, and he got halfway across. And he's just telling himself, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm like, and he got halfway across. And as soon as he, he said, I've only, I've only got to swim halfway. I've only got to swim halfway. I've only got to swim to five miles. Because after I get yeah. past five miles, it's quicker just to go the rest of the way than it is the back. So I've only got to swim five miles out of 10. Hmm. So I love the fun, because this is all, what it comes down to is all mental tricks to get your body to do whatever it is you want to do it. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a bunch of those functions which add up to compound to get results. Yeah, because your mind is playing mental tricks on you anyway. Like there are tricks to begin with, even though they feel or seem real. So you might as well get some tricks that serve you better. Like trick your mind into serving you in different ways. Like like the swimmer example, right? You just got to swim halfway. Wait, and I guess it was the same swimmer in my ninja. mind, right? Is it, what's that? It's like mental men, mental ninja-ing or mental gymnastics. Yeah. Especially with the running, right? With the swimming. Because you stop, you you drown. So, <laughs> so you really yeah. go, it's quicker just to go the rest of it. But you've got to get to the end. What I like about those tricks is that because it's a different part of your mind, it doesn't matter if you know about them, they still work. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's a trick. It's like it still works because it's a your unconscious mind you're telling yourself. Mm. And that's important as well. How how does it apply? Go ahead. I just want to put a bookmark in. I want to come back to the unconscious mind because that, that is intriguing to me. Uh, but what was your question? How, how might you apply this to business or your business, your practice? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm in a stage right now where I'm about to try something new in the next couple months. And I think the fear or the concern or the worry goes away after launching it. Like it's not even about whether or not it'll be successful after I get to it. So then the game has just become more like, let's just get to it. Like it can't, it can't hurt me anymore if I just get to the starting date. So my game is not making this new launch thing as successful as possible because I'll worry, you know, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to light up the road for my journey that's taking place in the dark, like five miles in, I need the lights to show right in front of my feet. So I know where I'm walking. And I know yeah. that once I get five miles, like, you know, for whatever reason, it's more in the city. Like there's already lights on that road. There you go. So, That's so yeah. So I just need to get to the lights. Yeah. I don't know what the function is psychologically, psychologically for that either. Why we tend to think of it when we start as now to the very end versus the first of the hundred steps. Why, why have you got to go, okay, I'm at step one, step 100 seems a million miles away. Why is the default to think about step 100? I suppose. Yeah. Ah, then I suppose if I was asking someone to start to to get to an outcome, I'd ask them what the outcome was, and maybe that's why. And that's why it's always the tension between them. Right? It's like, why, do I, why am I thinking about step, step 100? All I've got to know is that right in front of me, I see step one. Just take that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, comfort and focus have inverse relationships? And what I mean by that is I sit at 
step zero and I have all the possibilities before me, but I haven't made a choice. I feel pretty comfortable because I can choose whatever I want. And the moment I choose something and take step number one, uh, it feels, you know, there's no certainty there. It goes away. Like my mind goes to, I don't want to waste time doing something that I, I don't know if I'm going to get the return. Like, how do I know this is the best path? And as soon as I do that and start to take that path then the comfort goes away. So is it like an inverse relationship between comfort and certainty yeah. maybe, or comfort and uh, what was the word I used? Comfort and decisiveness. Com yeah. Comfort and focus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that comfort zone is so appealing, it's so warm and fuzzy, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a warm couch and a blanket on a cold rainy day. It's a, heated leather car seat you know driving through the snow it's a it's a warm cup of hot chocolate and a and a, and a, in, a in a movie window you know it's like it's keep going <laughs> yeah i see like a pop like a paul rudd you know movie outtake like there's just 10 of them <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's in it's enthralling and it's mesmerizing and it's magical and it's almost like don't look at it because once you look at it, it's too late. You're done. You know, you, that's it with the comfort zone. Like, because you don't know. I, I think a lot of people play for comfort and that's why a lot of people aren't decisive or try new things because, right. you know, they don't want to embrace that uncomfortability that comes with taking a new path. And I think, you know, I've always been working on that a lot more lately. Um, they're like, what's the game I'm playing? The game I'm playing is no longer comfort. It's expansion, maybe. And by having that decisiveness and making choices and taking action, I'm purposely leaving the couch. You know, I'm turning off the car heater and I'm going, you know, I'm jumping into the, the polar plunge. Um, yeah. And I'm okay with that. And I, and I embrace that and I want that. And therefore, it's a different game to play than I want to feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah, of course, that's the practice. And the more that you can get out of it, the easier it is to notice when you are out of it and realize the strength of being out of it and the less weight the comfort has. You know, and that, that is ultimately the game of, of that we want to play is staying uncomfortable. And it's such a cliche. It's such a cliche, but as always, cliches are cliches for a reason. You know, so you... You know, in step one, you're sitting on a chair. Step two doesn't have a chair. You've got to stand up. So, oh, all right, great. Now I'm one step like front. I don't know where I am. I'm going to where to sit. I'm not really any close to where I want to go. Right? And, but you know, everything comes from, what's the quote? Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Hmm. Everything worth doing is something that gets you uncomfortable. So, all right, play devil's advocate. So I want to be uncomfortable all the time. It's, can, I'm not allowed to be comfortable ever. I've got to be, what? What's the other, What's the place? Do you have? So if you're not comfortable, what are you? If you're out there, you're not comfortable. We're not saying we're trading uncomfortable for what's worse. Like, what's the other side? It's the fear. It's the ultimate pain. We're asking, 
recommending inviting people to trade comfort for excitement uncertainty opportunity what ifs or at least it's a trade but if you haven't experienced it much it might feel like a, a gamble or a risk mm. Isn't everything, you know, what's more, what's more of a risk staying where you are? Because if you stay where you are, you can kind of see where you're going to go. And if you're going somewhere that isn't the absolute best that you could ever imagine, then you can't lose by going somewhere else. Just want to let that line of thinking sink in i think we, we maybe have arrived at like the unconscious mind um because there's some mental gymnastics going on there can you first of all just try to lay out a definition for me that it's like it's hard for me to grasp the unconscious mind yeah <laughs> it it's it's why what we do is so powerful is because you've got the outer and the inner, and why are journaling so powerful? Why are any sort of dialogue with someone that's outside of you is important? Because you've got this inner dialogue that what you conscious, like, like that's what conscious is. If you had a conversation with your head and your mind, and your mind with yourself, you can talk to yourself. How could you possibly talk to yourself as if there's only one thing going on there? I mean, I take, it blows my mind to start thinking about it, right? But you could, in your mind, you go, is that true? Is that true? Like, and you, you're constantly second-guessing yourself. But and there's, there's plenty of, obviously, science around it. But I, I just think about the unconscious mind as like our reptilian mind, the, the part of our, our self that has autonomy. You know, it's, it's the aut automatic function of ourselves. Just like you know, from a physiological point of view, we don't have to think about breathing. There's a there's a programming inside us that does those things, and, and that baseline programming can't be influenced. It feels like it can't be influenced directly. But what you tell yourself goes in there. What you see goes in there, and that's how we create external beliefs based on activities that happen. That's why it's important to be careful with what you show children of things because is it the frontal cortex maybe i'm wrong with what this description is but as part of your mind it doesn't form properly until you're in your mid-20s and so what goes in there programs it like hard hard wires it i have no idea what some of my hard wiring is but i can tell you what comes out and therefore to where it goes but so if we want to influence our subconscious we've got to know that here's all the things that we say so that's why things like every day looking saying okay here's the three things i'm going to do today and at the end of the day ticking them off and reflecting on them is not about those three things getting done there is an external outlook from that because if you do three things and do it across the year it's a lot of things but that's not why I do it. 
I do it because I'm continuously programming my programming that deeper part of myself to show myself that if I tell if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. My my deep deep personal integrity and trust for myself creates beliefs that become so powerful. Hmm. All right. So could you, uh, like, thank you for navigating that. It's helpful to get your perspective. So if you were to define it, if I were to hold you to one sentence or less, what, what is it? Our unconscious mind, well, I'm not a psychologist, right? but our unconscious, but think about it from a practical sense, right? You know that you do things that, You just take care of, you get them done. You don't think about it, right? So you you create habits and programs for yourself, like being able to create patterns, things like knowing how to get out of an emergency exit door. If you're in a place where there's a some sort of fire going on and you need to get out of the door, there's only so many ways that doors can open. You have to pull something down, push something over or turn something. You haven't been out of that door before, but you've got enough patterns in your subconscious where you're just going to open a door. Same thing if you get into, you're having a washing, in, you're washing yourself in the, in the shower and like you turn turn the shower for like, did I did I wash my hair? I can't remember. Or you drive, sometimes you're driving somewhere and you get home and you're like, I don't remember driving home. <laughs> the subconscious mind is just your deeper level of consciousness that you, you're not interacting with on a level which that it's so, so aware of it's obvious. Just the deeper part of you. Now, if you're fishing on the surface, you're going to catch the small fish. If you go deeper, you're going to catch the big fish. It's mm. dark down there. Yeah, I think you. That was the definition I was looking for. So I'm just, you know, you almost answered it with the opposite. Like, can we become conscious of the unconscious mind? Just a question that I have, maybe rhetorical. And then also, is it like two minds side by side? Like one's conscious, one's unconscious, or like is one inside of the other? Like, is the unconscious buried deep within the conscious or vice versa? Like, this is where we might have to leave it here, coach, and just like do a full episode about the. I think so. And I, and I want to tie it to something else, which is a which is a bit of a leap here. But I just I heard this the other day, which I really love because I think ultimately we're talking about being happy and not happy, happy and happy and sad. I always thought about this as happy and sad being, OK, you've got happy here, you've got sad here. And it's a, it's a continuum. So where are you on that? Like it's a slide rule, right? Where, like, where, where are you positioned? If happy's over here, and sad's over here. But as I understand, our mind is not. It's not a slide rule of happiness to unhappiness. They're two separate things. Mm. So because you're happy, doesn't mean that you're also not unhappy. So you have to actively do things to increase your happiness and also actively do things to decrease your unhappiness. Hmm. It's not one, it's not like just because I'm here, it means I, I've, def, I've got rid of all the unhappiness. That sits really well with me. I really like that. It's like, everything's great. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. And also that really pisses me off. Like <laughs> it's okay because there's, they're two different things. Because hmm. if it was a, it was a slide rule and you know, everything is great all the time. So lay that in with your unconscious mind, but coach, tie us up maybe next time, as you said, always a pleasure. Yeah. So to 
treat them differently. I think the unconscious mind has uh, a purpose, like it helps us survive by running the bodily functions, like you mentioned, and tucked in there are also programming, you know, as you mentioned, even before we we're aware of that, we're being programmed even before we're capable of having a choice, um, which is scary, but also beautiful at the same time and interesting and mysterious. Um, so I think we can work on both. We can work on the conscious mind and the unconscious mind um, by consciously doing things to it or with it. Um, I think my takeaway is that it produces what we plant. So um, mm -hmm. maybe right. we didn't have we didn't have control over that in the beginning of our lives, but we certainly have control over it now. So what sort of content are you consuming? What sort of information do you seek? How are you showing up? Like you have a choice over all those things. So if you're thinking about your future, do those things now. Signing off for that coach is beautiful. That's it. You nailed it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll see you next time. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset. And come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks, and see you again next time.